I've been directly involved in the launch of over a dozen multi-site campuses through the churches I've led, and half of them have been in movie theaters. I'm convinced that every church leader should consider using a theater for your next campus or church plant. They're flexible, culturally relevant locations, typically in the center of the community that you're trying to reach. Regal is the only theater company with a dedicated team of full-time consultants ready to help your church launch and succeed in a movie theater. Check out Regal Theater Church church.com for more information on locations your church could use. Welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. Are you looking for practical ministry help to drive your ministry further, faster? Have a sinking feeling that your ministry training didn't prepare you for the real world? Hey, you're not alone. Join thousands of others in pursuit of stuff that we wish they had taught in seminary. Buckle up and let's get started with this week's Unseminary Podcast. Hey Seminary Podcast. So glad that you decided to tune in. Uh, I'm so glad that you're here today. We've got David Cedarquist on the line. Uh, he's from Brookside Community Church, and they've been doing some really uh, cool things, some really interesting uh, partnerships. They're a uh, multi-ethnic, multi-generational uh, community in Indianapolis, uh, in Indy. Uh, so so glad to have you on the show today, David. Hey, thanks for having me. No, this is going to be wonderful. I wonder if we could start by you kind of giving us a bit of the Brookside story. Tell us about uh, your church. Yeah, so I came here in October of 2014 um, and was brought in by a large megachurch that was stewarding uh, this church, Brookside Community Church. And really, Brookside Community Church was not meant to be planted as an urban church, but more of an urban outreach. Mm -hmm. Um, Northview at that time, Northview Church in Carmel, Indiana, which is a multi-site campus, was looking at the scope of their ministry and was doing a lot of outreach work internationally. But when they looked at their broken city, Indianapolis, they said, we're not doing anything for Indianapolis. And so um, in 2007, a group of Christians with the outreach pastor at that time um, started coming down and doing outreaches within the park that is just five blocks north of our church currently. And um, they just started to gain a ton of traction from a lot of um, people that lived in this neighborhood. This is a very broken neighborhood. About 65% of the kids live in poverty. About a third of the housing is abandoned. Mm -hmm. Um, There's high drug crime, high violent crime. We are actually, this month was rated by the Indy Star, the most dangerous neighborhood in the city of Indianapolis. Mm -hmm. And um, we are one of the five target areas for INPD. Uh, for the most attention of the week. And when it comes to um, this about uh, 10 years ago, um, they just started loving the neighbors really well. And it kind of turned into uh, an urban outreach that unintentionally turned in (laughs) to a group of Christians uh, meeting together. And then they started plopping um, outreach people from Northview Uh, trying to keep this church going. But about uh, three years ago, their last leader that was here um, was just not uh, working at that point, and they decided to do a national search. And so Brookside has historically been a community, Brookside Community Church Mm -hmm. has been historically um, a church that was built of of the people of Brookside and the surrounding neighborhoods. Mm -hmm. And when I came here for a survey trip in September of 2014, um, what I saw was that this church was not just serving the outside and the neighborhood um, in the outside, 
but that the neighborhood was in the church. Mm. And doing church planning in Denver previous before this, um, I just thought it was a huge opportunity to really create true reconciliation. Bus white and uh, elderly uh, Filipino lady and some Hispanics uh, mixed in there. And um, they trusted me to come in and uh, become the pastor in October of 2014. And so now ever since we've been here, um, God has just brought Northview and us and our partnership to the point where um, there's true unity. Mm. Um, before, there was a lot of leadership gaps. So the leader would often look at Northview and their big systems and their um, big uh, ideas on what ministry should be. Um, and they created a lot of division between an urban-centric uh, model of ministry and a suburban attractional model. And um, for us, I came in here and I says, well, if we're going to play in the same sandbox and we're going to do it together, then we have to figure out how to do it in unity and in mm -hmm. peace together. Mm -hmm. And so honestly, when, when I came here, I, I, I I, I automatically started reconciling a lot of the relationships that were broken. Mm. Our family had beefs with their family, um, and God just started to do amazing things. And as we sought unity and peace with a very, very powerful different church than us, um, we began to see God do some amazing things mm. in opening us up to ministries that we never thought we could uh, create or produce, all because we have the support of 8,500 person church um, at this time right now. Hmm. And so um, I don't know how much you want to know about Brookside programs, but that's really how we got here. Yeah, absolutely. Before we jump in that, I'd love to hear more about, so the, the relational stuff that went on here, to because to, I think people talk about partnership, but the thing I've been struck by kind of looking in at your relationship here um, is I think it's more than just a like, oh yeah, yeah, we're partnering together. It's at a pretty deep level. Um, yeah. you know, kind of get us inside that. What, what has that looked like? How, how are you making that work well? Yeah. So when I came here, the board was made up of mostly Northview volunteers that have been dedicated for six, seven years. And all of them, uh, truly are committed to making this work. Northview could have easily just said, oh, didn't work. And they casted this off. But when I came here, before I came here, I had serious conversations with the board and said, listen, if this is going to work, there's some things that you made mistakes with our family mm. in, at Brookside that you're going to have to reconcile and you're going to have to hear their grievances. You're going to have to hear how they felt when you replaced a leader or you made a decision over them and you didn't allow them to be part of this conversation because they truly feel that this is their family, but you made all the decisions. Mm. And so when I came here, um, they were willing to walk through those reconciliation factors and own the fact that they made mistakes. Mm -hmm. And that was one of the biggest healing portions of me coming here in October of 2014 is that, that they were willing to own the fact that they made mistakes and allow for our family to actually know that they are important and that their voice matters. Because when it comes to urban ministry, especially among the poor, they don't feel like they have um, a opinion. We, we, don't, we don't have people coming down here in their, in their privilege and apologizing for years and years of oppression that has happened within our neighborhood. And so when it comes down to a large affluent church, when, when they look at Northview as money bags, mm. right? But then they're sitting here with, they can barely pay the, the gas bill and the water bill. And they're, they're, they're all shiny up there, but we're, we're the ones that are struggling, but they're making the decisions. 
we automatically had to make a transition and say, listen, are you willing to trust me? If you're hiring me, are you willing to trust me to lead us to mm. where we need to go and trust that God has our best interest in mind? And so it really started with Northview just saying, hey, listen, we are done with eight years of making mistakes at Brookside, and we desperately just want to do good ministry in the neighborhood. Hmm. And so what was nice about coming is, is we got a fresh start to really be innovative in our programming. There was not much happening at that point. We had a food pantry that was serving about 60 families um, in a week, but it was very unhealthy. And so all the riffraff would come on third Sunday, every drug addict that wanted to sell the box of Cheerios they got that week so that they could do their, do their quick hit. Uh, they, they were coming yeah. and, um, it was just so there was unhealthy things, but we, we initially just got, uh, I had 50 people, um, and we got a fresh start. And so in that fresh start and then the, in the, in the reconciliation that happened, they just trusted me. Mm-hmm. And I, I felt that trust immediately because this is what the board did. They, they said, how often do you want to meet? And I said, I want to meet every other week. Mm-hmm. And they're like, okay, we'll come in for an hour and a half every other week and we will be dedicated to the mission of what's happening at Brookside. Mm-hmm. I said, guys, when I call for a reconciliation meeting, you got to be there. And they were there. Mm-hmm. And when it comes down to the trust that re- was regained, because our people are not as complicated as most people think they are. Mm-hmm. And all they want to be do is honored in the right way. And when you honor them in the right way, they are your best friends forever. They mm-hmm. will never leave you. They will always be committed to you and loyal to you. And that's how the urban core, that's the uniqueness of doing ministry in an underprivileged neighborhood. And so once they actually saw that, this, what they did was they really, our congregation through me as their pastor, as their lead pastor, just started to say, okay, so let's see how Northview responds to the leader that we chose with them mm. and that they, um, and, and really through the the decisions that I made for our family in leading them with me, yep. um, that's where trust began to be built. Hmm. And so um, our, a lot of our relationship was just, they, they had, they, they, they made enough mistakes mm-hmm. and all they did was just like, listen, we want to trust you, and so let's build trust. And so, on my part, it wasn't about throwing in their face that they messed up for eight years. It's like let's just start new, mm-hmm. and that's really how you know the synergy really started. Interesting. So, so now, you know, fast forward till today. What is the ministry at uh, you know Brookside look like? The kind of you know how often you know like, what is that looking like when you say you know the kind of the scope of your ministry? We've obviously talked about the food pantry. What does that look like? Yeah, so I mean, in January of 2008, Wells Fargo called me while I was at the Children's Museum with my kids, and they said, hey, you want a free house? It's it's uh, two blocks down the street from your church. And I'm like, you're giving free houses? <laughs> I'm like, I want a free house. Yeah. So they said, all we need to know is what are you going to do with it? And at that time, our ministry was very fragile. I had one other staff member on my team, and um, it was just like there was no way we were going to do family development. There was no way we could do some really cool things that we did um, in Denver as we church planted in the urban core there. And so really what I did know was reentry. And so I said, listen, we'll throw five guys in there. We'll do a 12-month discipleship program, and we'll see what God does through that. Hmm. Well, two months later, we got an 80000 
started in in his uh, philanthropic uh, work, and he said, "Listen, I believe in what you're doing." And by October of that year, 2015, uh, we had a full-fledged reentry program that is now facilitating five guys in their discipleship. That has expanded to partnerships with the Department of Corrections, where the Department of Corrections has actually um, decided, has actually finally stated that because of faith-based programming in prisons, that violence and crime went down. <laughs> and so they're asking questions on men and women who are re-entering society. How are we creating a faith-based opportunity so that they don't recidivate back into prison? And so they are partnering exclusively with us. We have a Monday night worship service where sex offenders, anybody in, on a violent case can come because there's no kids here and they can worship Jesus, but also parole is here. Uh, mm. The IMPD is here. We are partnering with other agencies to create a hub around reentry and a family around reentry because the best individuals to reenter together are actually individuals who are doing it um, themselves. But then also, it's not about being part of a large church like uh, Northview. Is that we can steward mentors for these men and women. So mm -hmm. we are we are taking white white privilege mm -hmm. literally, mm -hmm. and, and we are saying, listen, sit down with this 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 murderer, this sex offender, this thief, this drug addict, and 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 be a mentor and walk their parole with them. Mm -hmm. And in in the clash of of their idea of what reentry is, and then meeting Andrew. Mm. Meeting Joey mm, and so realizing they're real people. Yep. God is sanctifying uh, Northview in the process of them getting involved with the poor and those who have been incarcerated and those who are we are called to build a bridge unto God uh, for their success. And so, but then also um, youth development. There, we have a huge children's corridor within here where we're at Brookside neighborhood. And um, we have, I've looked at every after school program while I was here um, in the beginning six months of my ministry. And all of them are just re-educating kids that come from a very traumatic home. And if you know anything about uh, trauma within the urban core, it's like a smoke detector going off in a child's mind. Mm. And they are literally, it's this beep, 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 beep all the time. And all they're doing is trying to react to this beep and stop the beep. And so some of them are violent. Some of them talk back. Some of them get angry. Some of them get passive. They all react very adversely to the trauma that's around them because they've experienced sexual and emotional and physical brokenness and, and, and abandonment and hunger and all of these different things. And they've saw um, their aunts and uncles get shot. They have literally walked in light of this trauma and they're reacting in this way. And in after school programs in our neighborhood, they're, they're re-tutoring them mm. from class, mm. but they're still failing the I read three test that the state of Indiana requires. And if you do not pass the I read three test, you do not go to the fourth grade. Mm. And so 30% of our kids in our schools are passing the I read three test, which means 70% are being held back. We have 12 year olds, okay, mm. that are just hitting fourth grade. Wow. That's ridiculous. Right, 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 right. So the, the, where, how do you fix this problem? Well. Um, in watching a documentary called Chicagoland, I saw I met this man named Rob mm -hmm. who talked about the power of play in the urban core. And um, we basically have created a whole play-based um, trauma-sensitive coaching um, mm -hmm. uh, after-school program that is, is serving about 60 kids right now. But the reason why we're able to do 60 kids is not because of the staff and my budget. Yeah, yeah. It is because we have a partnership 
with Northview and they come down and we train them to coach these kids and be a caring adult relationship because a key factor with a child creating the safe zone where they can go into development brain, not trauma brain, mm -hmm. is a caring adult relationship. Mm -hmm. And as we partner with them, we are hosting 60 kids each, se each, each eight week session. And you know what's interesting about being part of Northview is this, the reason why it, it works is because we listen to them and they listen to us. We say, listen, this is what we want to do, mm -hmm. but how can we make this work, right? right. And so the right. typical after school program works the whole semester from August to December. But being stewards of all of these men and women who want to come and help us, Northview has said, listen, leak pods. And so a volunteer knows exactly what they're getting into, and we can and we can treat it like like a mission trip. So mm -hmm. we're telling coach mentors to be here one or two days, and we want all eight thousand. And, and they don't know mm -hmm. this yet, but we want all eight thousand individuals to pick one eight week session and come down and influence a child's life being a coach mentor. And so we host basketball, robotics, we do coding, we do all of these different things in after school. And so we have that. But then also, Wells Fargo's came back to us and said, "Listen, we love what you did with Isaiah House. We're going to give you an eight unit apartment to start family <laughs> development." And so you know, and, That's and amazing. I can sit, I can That's sit amazing. here and tell you so many more stories of how God has brought um, all of these things in play where we are now doing re-entry, we're doing, uh, doing Brookside Community Housing, and there's this food cooperative that we've created that gives dignity to every single person who has food insecurities, where they serve two hours within our ministry, and when they serve two hours, they get their pantry card, and they get to walk through our pantry and shop for 80 to $120 worth of food, hmm. and we're having uh, individuals that have sixth grade educations hmm. that are the most simple people they're going home and they're saying one, one of our, our family members who is married there's very few marriages in our church but uh, there's this uh, woman who is, is very simple in her mindset and her hmm. husband came up to me on Sunday crying and he said my wife has never done anything for our family like she did in bringing those $80 worth of groceries home Wow! and she said and she said Brookside wanted me to help them. Hmm. And it was just simply her cutting out stuff for children's ministry for Sunday morning and us yep. just loving her and embracing her and bring dignity to her. And you know what? Every single week she comes back. Hmm. And, and that's what this has to be about. But we could never, ever, ever do what we're doing without the support and the love and the care and the financial stability that Northview brings for us. And we're just, we're, we're, we feel like we're, we're the most, uh, we are the most privileged, and uh, we're just blessed by the opportunity to do what we do. That's amazing. I wonder if, if you know, there's been so much you, you, we could t pull apart here. What would you say to a, a church that's listening in that may say, you know what, we'd like to form a partnership like this. Um, we're interested in, in, in learning. Obviously, part of what they can do is reach out and talk to you. But what would you say would be some initial steps, maybe either in an urban church or maybe a suburban church? What would you say would be some of those initial steps? Man, I, you have to be willing to get over um, get over the baggage of your culture. I mean, I think from when it comes down to the urban core, we often think it's just a black-white issue. Mm -hmm. But oftentimes, I think that the reason why it is today is because it's a suburban-urban issue. Mm -hmm. um, I think oftentimes the reason why my, my community was left the way it was, Brookside, in the 70s was because of white flight. 
and everybody wanted safer schools and wanted to get out of the violence. And so when they left the neighborhood, when Christians left the neighborhood, they left them to themselves. Mm. And so no wonder it's going to take uh, 30, 40 years of our ministry to even see any kind of turn in the neighborhood. Right. And so it, they have to get over the fact that they're, they, they, have, they have to repent of the fact that we've left this neighborhood and we now have to re-engage on a level of sacrifice that is possible actually transform a community the way it needs to be transformed. Mm -hmm. And so first it's, it's realizing that there's a problem and that they're willing to utilize their privilege and lay down their privilege to be able to come into the urban core. But then also it comes down to them submitting to leaders here. Mm. Um, I, I don't think that every leader in the urban core is trustworthy. Mm. I don't. Mm. Um, I, I think that there's the reason why urban and suburban partnerships because a lot of the pastors think that they are doing good ministry. And then they look at the megachurch and say, I don't do that kind of ministry because it doesn't work here. And so it doesn't, it, our partnership would not work because you're mm. so different. But there are some things that we've learned from Northview in communication, in, in simple strategies around organizing our, our programs and all these different things. They rub off to us and we rub off to them. And, and partly how we rub rub off to them is they are now hosting campus churches in prisons mm. that are called it's it's God behind it's an organization called God behind bars and the reason why they are hosting campuses are because of the influence of our reentry program on mm. the life of the church mm -hmm. and 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 our little small piece of the kingdom of heaven right here just influenced a big animal called Northview Mm, and, interesting. Um, there. And, and so now we are partnering with prisons to the point where when guys are coming back to Marion County, they're being funneled into Brookside Community Church. That's true partnership right mm -hmm, there. Mm -hmm. So they're willing to sacrifice themselves for the brokenness of their neighborhood, which is they have prisons in their backyard. Right. And so um, it's about just mutually connecting. But then also um, a large church has to be willing this does not work for free. Um, mm -hmm. This does not run for free. Our building is about an eighty thousand dollar liability a, a year, and we only get about garner about forty to fifty thousand dollars in tithes a year. Yeah, see what right, I mean right, 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 right. Yeah. And so, um, and and we they they are they're um, willing to help us fund the needs of our old building, but also um, their people get to come in and serve our, the poor in our in our neighborhood through our building and and so they steward our building too and so mm -hmm. there just has to be sacrifices on all parts but it's not about us knowing what we're doing and them knowing what they're doing it's us going what does god want us to do together very cool and let's trust some leaders that are doing mm -hmm. it well uh this has been great is there anything else this i'm hoping today people will uh will reach out and get a chance to get connected with you and just kind of dig into this more but is there anything else you'd love to share before we uh, move on with the rest of our episode yeah, I think I would love to see some churches that are in wealthy counties that are part of, you know, larger than 5,000 that would love to partner with an urban church. I think that if we were to reproduce models, not necessarily programs, but the model of larger churches stewarding autonomous urban churches and bringing partnership together, I truly believe that if we were to see that happen in other major cities around the country, I think that even in the divide that we're seeing 
Um, there's gonna if the Church of Jesus Christ stands united and is seeking the peace of each other and is seeking the peace of their city together, I just really believe that it would be, be an expression of the gospel that that people need to see and the world needs to see that we're willing to even in our privilege come down and serve the people that Jesus would be serving today. And and allow and, and for urban churches to steward those relationships well to the point where they're training and they're equipping and individuals to not hurt their ministry, but to come in and really effectively see transformation within a broken neighborhood like ours. This is the Unseminary Podcast. Stuff you wish they taught in seminary. We're going to jump into the lightning round. This has been uh, just a great conversation today. I hope you've been leaning in and, and being inspired really by what's going on here in this uh, this partnership between uh, Brookside Community Church, a fantastic you know urban church making all kinds of positive Im- impact and Northview. Well, let's uh, let's jump in with these questions. These are the same questions we ask uh, everybody that's on the show. Uh, David, what is an online resource you're using these days that's helping you out? Online resource? Yeah, like a website or you know a tool of some sort that that's helping your ministry. Um, <laughs> that's a that's a tough question, brother. <laughs> Okay. Well, why don't, don't we move on I... to the next one? How about this? How about right. what's a book you've read in the last six months, you know, to a year that's maybe had an impact yeah. on your thinking or ministry? Yeah. Merciful by Randy Neighbors. He is a, um, a gentleman that I have a, a ton of respect for. He's pastor emeritus mm-hmm. at New City Fellowship down in Chattanooga. I visited him about six years ago in his ministry. He's doing great multi-ethnic urban ministry. I don't know if it's connected to a larger church, but he's a man who's created a CDC. And just his book, his memoir of his ministry, um, highly influences what we do and how we care for individuals for the long haul. Um, because it is not about quick transformation in the urban core. Really, it comes down to, um, you know, this is a 5, 10, 30-year relationship. Mm-hmm. And you need to garner it well and be very merciful to those around us. We can't expect transformation on our understanding of transformation. God has to do that work. And so Randy Neighbors is a wonderful mentor um, and a, a wonderful man that I would totally um, want everybody to know about. Nice. Uh, what's another ministry that you're looking at these days? It's kind of inspiring you. You know, you mentioned uh, New City. Are there others that you would look to and say, hey, they're doing a great job? Yeah, I think uh, Lawndale Community Church, uh, the it's CCDA, Christian Community Development uh, Association. They are stewards of uh, churches that are seriously uh, serious about doing work with the poor. And they are uh, a parachurch organization that gives you a philosophy and a really a framework to do that kind of work. And so even suburban churches benefit from the ministry of CCDA and allowing them to really think through the issues of poverty mm-hmm. and see how they can engage it on a really healthy manner. And they're willing to help you steward those things. Mm-hmm. So CCDA is definitely um, a, a, a great ministry plus they live it out in their own church community and their medical community and all of those things. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Well, I'm sure leading in, uh, in your church takes a lot of time, effort and energy, and it takes a lot of, a lot out of you. What do you do just for fun when you want to kick back, relax, you know, have a good time. What does that look like? Man, I, 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 I gotta be honest with you. I, I love Disney. Oh, nice. Good. Um, we we love Disney World, and so like we're headed there for a vacation because we're heading down to a wedding, mm-hmm. and we're just gonna hit three days on Disney. Um, I do love golfing when I get a chance, and I just love playing with my four kids. So mm-hmm. um, I'm a big kid at heart, and I love skiing. 
Skittles. <laughs> nice. That's about what, what you get right there. <laughs> That's great. Well, I appreciate you being on the show today, David. If people want to get in touch with you or with the church, how can they do that? Yeah, you can go visit us at uh, www.bccindy.org. You can email me. My email's on the um, our staff page. And we'd love to hear from other churches that are would be wanting to walk this journey of urban-suburban partnerships. That's great. Thanks so much. Appreciate you being on the show today. Thanks, brother. Thank you for tuning in to this week's Unseminary podcast. Don't be shy. We'd love to connect. Check out Unseminary Inbox. You can sign up at unseminary.com and we'll send you helpful training resources every week. Plus, you'll gain immediate access to our exclusive members area with tons of resources you can use. Connect with Rich on Twitter at Rich Birch or through email rich at unseminary.com Don't forget to check out the show notes for this episode at unseminary.com It includes links to what we talked about today and more. Leave a comment. We'd love to hear from you. Did you enjoy today's episode? Drop by iTunes and leave a review. Thanks again for tuning in to this week's Unseminary podcast. Join us next week when we'll learn more stuff we wish they taught in seminary.